G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I don't think Compassion had told him that we were actually going to be there. They just said friends of ours, people we, you know, that we might know, like, you know, oh, yeah. that sort of thing. And when he got there and realised that it was us, it was a pretty, uh, and, you know, we weren't expected. We knew that we'd meet him sometime through the day, but we didn't expect it to be there. It was um, a very emotional moment. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, when Peter and Robin Hopper decided to visit their sponsor child, they decided to do things a little differently. They began with a motorcycle trip across the United States before heading to the Dominican Republic. This was all recorded in a half-hour documentary. It's available to watch online called Faith, Hope and Gloves. We'll hear the Hopper's story today as they have a chat with Shelley Scowen. Why did you choose this particular little boy, Juan David? Well, we um, had compassion came to our church and they had the stall set up and we'd, we thought it was something that was important to do as a family and we looked through the boards trying to find somebody that was the same age as one of our kids and our, our child, Juan David, was the same age as our son Ben, um, born in the same year and the same month. So... That was that was how we chose him. So it really was God guiding us because we we just knew they all needed someone to, to sponsor them, and that's how we chose him. And we just wanted to have somebody that, as our kids grew and they grew, we could have a comparison, so we could sort of understand whether up to how old they were, um, what sort of things they would be doing um, mm. as much as we could. Peter and Robin, it must have been quite an experience for you guys uh, planning this amazing trip because it wasn't just about motorcycling, you know, from one side of the country to the other, although that probably is every motorcyclist's dream. But it was there was so much more to it than that. Tell us about the adventure. Oh, it was it was great to um, it's great to sit here now and say we've done that. It's a huge achievement. We managed to visit forty six of the fifty states while we were, wow. while we were on our journey to get there. Um, but we started um, we started in Seattle, which really is the diagonally opposite corner from well, from Miami, where we flew out to the Dominican Republic, and and um, we started there because Michael Patterson was the was uh, who lives in he lives in Seattle. He's a firefighter whose fire station sponsored um, Juan David, our um, our sponsored child in the Dominican Republic, sponsored him through the leadership development program. And Compassion had put us in touch with Michael a number of years ago, and we actually never met but we've become good friends um, through well, through Facebook and, and Skype and things like that. We we'd had some chats along the way, it was great. And he um and 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 so he was our home base in the US. We sponsored one David from when he was five to when he left high school. Um, and then he was picked up by Compassion to become part of their leadership development program and that's where Michael Patterson became involved. He and his group of firefighters in Seattle um, selected him to be um, to sponsor him, and, um, and and that's how we met first met Michael. 
And um, so we were able to, because Michael contacted us to see if we wanted to keep following Juan David's story and, and, and keep in touch, which of course we did want to. Yeah. And then um, after checking that out, we actually were, um, became um, friends with Juan David through Facebook. So we were oh, actually wow. able to start start chatting with him as well. So that's why we started our US trip in Washington State up at Seattle. Right. When you plan a trip like that, well, it was funny planning it because we we contacted Michael through you know through his Facebook friends and said um, said so we're coming to coming to the US perhaps once in our lifetimes. What should we see? And, <laughs> and the best we could get back was oh Colorado's not too bad. So I found a website that had the 15 top motorcycling roads in the US. So we got a big map out. We drew them on and then we just joined the dots. <laughs> I sent it back to Michael and I said. I said, this is, this is where we're thinking about going, what do you think? And, and unbeknownst to us, I mean, the US Compassion has web pages for each four corners. So he was in the north, the northwest area, but they have like the northeast and, and so on. And he, um, he posted our, our itinerary to, to all those web pages. And, and all of a sudden we got all these people coming back to say, oh, you're going near our house, come and see us, come and see us. <laughs> And it was, oh, the hospitality was fantastic, but it was great to get to meet people with this common passion about, about child sponsorship. And, and, um, and, and we really, yeah, and so we got to meet, you know, what's the real America. And we started calling them old friends we met for the first time because it, <laughs> they were just lovely. They invited us into their houses and we stayed with a number of them right through the US and got to meet their families and got to go to church with them um, and just got to see more of US than just the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. So it really worked in your favor that way. And you could, I'm sure you would have heard a lot of interesting stories too from those people about their own experiences yeah. with sponsoring children. Yeah. Well, we met some remarkable viewers. We met one lady down in, in Tucson, in Arizona, who her and her husband sponsored uh, 11 or 12 kids or something. It was, um, it was, they were really quite committed to the sponsorship program. And, and, um, and yeah, they did. They all had their own, their own stories to share. And, and it was, and it was great to, to pick those things up along the way. Some of, one of them we took, we actually took gifts from them to, to, um, to the Compassion Project where, where she, her child was sponsored. So that was, man, that was magic. Wow. So of course, what a, a great tour for you to do across America. Somewhat touristy, somewhat just to indulge your love of motorbikes and all the rest as well. Yeah, yeah. And of course, connecting with all these other fellow lovers of compassion and what they do. But the pinnacle of the trip was meeting Juan David for the first time. Yeah. Can we rewind a little bit? <laughs> And talk about the significance of this, because that is a day that you had both dreamed about for a very long time, isn't it? Well, we have, like I said, we've been sponsoring for a very long time, and in that time, we would write letters to him, and he would write letters to us. And if there's one thing we learned from all of this compassion thing is how much our sponsor kids value our letters. I think far more than, than we do in Australia, where we get really busy with our lives, uh, we have found out how much the kids look forward to getting our letters and reading our letters. And he would tell us when he wrote to us how much he loved us and how much he, he thanked God for us and he prayed for us. Um, after we'd been sponsoring him a few years, we came across an article in one of the Compassion magazines that was actually about him. We were unaware about it before this. And we found out a lot about the, the really tough circumstances that he lived in and living in a hurricane um, area up during a hurricane and lots of stories like that that we found out after the fact and to actually get to to go over and to meet him 
piecing these pieces together over the years um, was pretty special. So when we got to Miami, our two daughters, Kate and Anna, flew over from Australia and they spent two weeks with us when we met up in Miami and flew the Dominican Republic together. So it was a pretty magical moment for you guys and also for one David who himself had dreamed of that day for years and years. Uh, yeah. He even said in many of his letters that yeah. he wishes that he could meet you and stuff. And this all comes out in the documentary yeah, that you featured right. in as well. We now sponsor another girl in the Dominican Republic, Ali, and we, because um, she's our sponsor child, we had organised with compassion to go and meet her. We had an interpreter and a driver who took us to her project and um, to meet her, and we'd taken gifts for her, and we were, we were at her project. But we had communicated with Juan David through Facebook that we were coming and what dates we'd be there. And we were actually in our in the project with Ali and her, the director of her, um, her project and some of the teachers, and, and they were lovely. They were showing us all her work, and, and um, she'd made some gifts for us, and they were um, weaving bracelets for us, friendship bracelets for us while we were there. And... We were talking with her and we'd given her gifts and I was just actually writing an inscription in in the Bible we gave her when our daughter Kate turned around and said, oh, hello. And one David was standing in the doorway and I I could not believe how emotional that was. Mm. It was just just too much. And we were all a mess, including one David, as we met for the first time. And just hugged and hugged and hugged. I don't think Compassion had told him that that we were actually going to be there. They just said friends of ours, people we, you know, that we might know, like you know wow. that sort of thing. And when he got there and realised it was us, it was a pretty, uh, and, you know, we weren't expected. We knew that we'd meet him sometime through the day, but we didn't expect it to be there. It was, um, it was very, yeah, it was a very, a very, um, very emotional moment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he really was part of your family. And so to then meet him in the flesh for the very first time, it must have just been an incredible moment. Oh, just, just to hug him after all those years. And it was, it was just lovely. Um, and we then, the rest of the time, uh, we were in the, the DR, which was about a week. He came with us every day and mm. wherever we went. And we just, we just spent as much time as we could with him. Yeah, I should warn people that uh, if you're watching the documentary, you need your tissues at that point. <laughs> um, but, and I think that's one one of the things that I did enjoy about it, the documentary too is that um, the 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 shots of Juan um, David and your girls across the back seat of the car. <laughs> it, yeah, they will. Um, Juan David's mum. We we met her the second day. We didn't think we'd get to meet her. There was um, yeah, there was a number of circumstances that were playing against that. But she came up to, to the university where one David studies and where he was taking us through university tour and she came up that day and spent the day with us and, and she just said, she said, well, through the interpreter, I just love to see them together. They look like brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly what they were. It was great. They really do look like it, just sitting across <laughs> the back seat of the car together. It's like they've yeah. done it every day of their um, lives. We loved it because um, when we were with them, both of our girls happened to wear a green shirt that day and we gave um, one David a, a green and gold shirt, which he was wearing, so it looked, all looked very Aussie. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's on the documentary or not, but um, we were teaching them about, how, like, teaching one David about how you do the Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Mm. And he told us the next day that his mum went home and she was practising it. <laughs> so that was so cute. And she was, she was so lovely. She was so thankful to us and just hugging us and patting us on the cheek and telling us how 
how thankful she was for us. And we were the same for her because she's had to bring up her kids under incredible circumstances. Yes. And she's a very special lady. And that was from one mother to another, that was a very special time as well. Spending the day with her was great. Making that relationship tangible and real and putting actual faces and, Mm. you know, and all of that to names and and seeing the situation that he's growing up in, Mm. a very different world. They do speak Spanish over there. So, of course, there's the whole interpreter issue there as well. And uh, just an incredible experience for you. It's all documented in, well, some of it's documented uh, in this great film called Faith, Hope and Glove. So you can watch it at compassion.com.au. It only goes for half an hour, but they pack a lot in. It's a, a very moving documentary. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Peter and Robin Hopper, who decided to visit their sponsor child in the Dominican Republic. And as we just heard, a documentary was made of their experience. You can check it out by going to compassion.com.au and searching for their name, Hopper, H-O-P-P-E-R. It's called Faith, Hope and Gloves. So you can watch their adventures online. We'll hear more of their story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Peter and Robin Hopper, who decided to visit their sponsor child in the Dominican Republic. And a documentary was made of their experience called Faith, Hope and Gloves. Now, here's more of their story. One of the other highlights, though, was actually getting to see the Compassion Project itself. Can you describe what it was like? Um, For those of us that haven't been to a Compassion Project, what does it actually look like? I'm sure that they're different wherever you go to a compassion yeah. project, but um, in this the particular project we went to with um, with was where the child was sponsored in the Dominican Republic um, attends now, and it's it's attached to the local church, and that's pretty common, and 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 really filled in a hall at the back, and it's it's an after school type program is what the project really really is, and so students um, you know they, they come along and they'll they feed them, they've got a They've got a routine around those those sorts of things, and then they do some homework programs and that kind of stuff. And if there's any other needs the family has, like the clothes and those sorts of things, they um they help out and and support the family in that way. The um the projects are based out in the communities. Like there, we walked from the project um, building around to to visit um, Ali's house, um, just about two streets away, and met her. She lives with her grandparents. Met a granddad and grandma, and it was um, it was very special. It was we went in their house and shared together and prayed together. Yeah, what an amazing experience! Of course, you know, meeting one David that you'd sewed into his life for so long, and now Ali, you hadn't had as long. Um, but yeah, great to be able to meet her and her family. And you got to do a few other things while you were there as well. Tell us about uh, the other family that desperately needed a motorbike. Oh yeah, um, it's we'd. Um, how do I explain that one? And through the through the connections that we've made, really, with the people that we've um, we've been we we talked about, you know, connecting with in the US and that sort of thing, we we came to 
get to know of, of a of a school over in um in San Pedro, which is a school that's predominantly um, aimed at supporting Haitian refugees. Really, like all the Haitian immigrants that live in Dominican, they are there. In a, yeah, it's a pretty bad way, really. But but there was a through the the Facebook page, the Facebook friends that we'd um that we'd made. This was before we met any of them. Um, an appeal went out, and one of the one of the families had lost their house, their house had been burnt down and the worst part of it was that this guy's motorbike had been destroyed and and to operate, they operate those, they call them moto taxis and that was his source of income. I mean, you know, they pick people up and goods and all sorts of things and cart them around on motorbikes all over the place and he'd lost his motorbike and so... Well, okay, we got together with some of our friends here in Australia and said, you know, it's time to help a brother in need. And um, surely we could buy him a bike. And I mean, for $1,100, we bought him a brand new motorcycle in the, in the <laughs> Dominican Republic. And um, and it was actually, it was excellent. We went over to, to visit and, you know, got to sit on his bike and we talked bikes with him and showed him. I showed him pictures of the guys who would contributed to his bike here and he thanked them all very much. It was very, very special. Mm, yeah. What a great moment for yeah. um, motorbikers here in Australia to be able to help out this brother in need over the that's other right, side of the world. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the sad twist on all of that, though, is the postscript at the very end yeah. of Faith, mm. Hope and Gloves. We we had um, we met Jacqueline, this is the guy whose bike we had replaced, and he his children, some of which went to this school, and there's a really great shot in there of him riding off with about five of his kids on his bike with him. And there's a little fellow on the front, um, and he he um, unfortunately had an accident. Um, Only about two weeks after. We're back. We're back in the US, and we heard this story that he'd been playing in the backyard, and they had a big pot of something boiling there, and he somehow knocked it over on himself, and he um, was in hospital. And the way the hospitals work over there is that they will treat you, but they give you a long list of all the things that you will need, all the gauze and the ointments and all of that sort of stuff. You go and buy that and you bring it back to the hospital and they use your stuff to treat you. So we um, we were able to get on to, to one David um, who studied medicine and he went and found this family in the hospital and helped them for the time that they were in hospital. Um, but unfortunately, little Moises um, didn't survive and... Um, but we had a lovely message back thanking us for our son, Juan David, and, and how helpful he had been to this family and when they thanked us as they were going through this traumatic time. Yeah, absolutely. And it just shows, again, the importance of Juan David and his dream because he is studying to be a doctor and he'd like to open up medical clinics and see some real change because I believe it was preventable. You know, this little boy's death would have been preventable if he had have been given, you know, the right treatment at the right time. Of course, Juan David did everything he could. But, yeah, it just kind of shows that the need for what his dream is there. What one David would really like to do is to do that preventable uh, medicine, travel out to these outlying areas and do regular visits where he can follow people up, he can map their growth and, and their, their health mm. and just minister to them because often with the poverty, people don't actually come to a doctor or hospital yeah. until it's way too late because they try to um, last as long as they can by themselves and he, he just thinks if he could prevent some of us getting getting to that that extreme, um, he he could save people's lives. Mm-hmm. And he has a number of friends in other areas of medicine that he's met over the time who would who would love to be involved in a ministry like that, a health ministry in um, medicine and eyes and and other parts of the body as well. 
Surprisingly, in the Dominican Republic, there aren't actually a whole lot of job opportunities for doctors. No, that was actually one of the things that really surprised us. Yeah. You know, we went with our first world Western attitude that said, you know, if you've got a you know, university degree, there's a good chance you, you know, your opportunities for employment are greater. But yeah, but the real the real problem in the in the Dominican Republic is that there's lots of people. You know, they see they see education as a way of getting forward, but but then to get a to get a medical you know to complete a medical qualification, it doesn't mean that um that you that there's opportunity because while there's there's plenty of, there are in fact you know, quite a number of people who are trained as medical professionals, but there's um and there's quite a, a number of sick people, but we there's no infrastructure in between to get them together. Like like Robin's story about the about having to provide all the medical needs so the hospital could could actually treat you. I mean, there's a building, but there's no infrastructure or you know no resources within those buildings because of the the country's country's poverty um, mm. poverty and corruption yeah corruption is a really big deal in in dominican republic it's that they they're they're not a not a third world country like you know with in the in the worst sense of the word you know i, I imagine there's lots of places you can go to that are a lot worse than that they, you know they've got roads they've got buildings they've got transport those sorts of things but but it's the it's the corruption that that holds the place at bay. There's, you know, like Juan David would be able to to get a job in a hospital if he'd born into a different family mm. or if he's in his, his circumstances because his mum's nobody and they come from a poor space. Opportunities for him to get employment are very very small. We have things that happen that we don't really understand. For example, when we were there, because we when we we'd originally planned to go over, we were going to go for his graduation. We knew something had happened and he was actually graduating like about a year or so after when he was supposed to. And when we were there through the translator, we found out what had happened was he had actually sat and studied a course in was it neuroscience or something like that. It was quite a hard thing. And he had done the whole course, assignments, sat the exam, and when he went to get his results, they said, oh, we have no record that you've studied this subject. Wrong. Oh, you wow. you'll have to do it again. And he was completely powerless. He didn't know anybody of importance who could argue his case. So his attitude was, okay, I'll do it again, which he did. Mm. And that, that sort of thing is so foreign to us. And, yeah. But they have such a good attitude to just keep it on going forward. And I understand he and the other people there in DR taught you a bit about trusting in God. Uh, absolutely. I mean... When we trust in God in Australia, we trust in God and we've always got a plan B, whereas these guys trust and that is their plan. That's all their plan. So yeah. They, um, you know, and, and they recognize, they recognize God's, God's goodness in, in their lives just simply because they, you know, for, they're, they're blessed for everything they've got. And, um, and, and yet we have, you know, we have so much and, and we've got so much ability to be able to, to, ch- to change our circumstances, or at least we think we change our circumstances, whereas whereas they just have to have to live and trust from one, you know, sometimes from one day to the next. Did it help to put your own problems in perspective? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And I think I think that's probably one of the big benefits of doing of being part of a sponsorship, um, mm. you know, through someone like you know, through Compassion. Anyway, I mean, well, the benefits it provides for your family. Um, here is, is a remarkable because it puts our lives in, in perspective and our family's lives in perspective as well. Um, it, it's really a blessing 
you, you th- yeah, okay, you're given some money and you're, you know, and you're paying for it, you know, it's a blessing to that child and you, you're breaking the poverty cycle and those kinds of things, but that's only a small part of what, of what, what's going on here. You get so much for your family in, in terms of that, you know, when you see the, the reaction of the girls and the, in meeting one, David, and that sort of thing, you know, that, that's massive for the benefits for our family and their sense of, of, um, of who they are and making a difference and, and, and the contribution they can make in other people's lives. Both of our girls have come back and have decided they wanted to sponsor their own child and they both have chosen somewhere in the Dominican Republic because if we get to go again, which we'd love to do, uh, they would like to go and visit their, their sponsor kids at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that great? And what a great legacy that you're leaving to your own kids as well. Mm. That, that's, that's the point, yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that the benefits you can have in your own family to, to focus um, you know, to have some time to focus on how petty our issues are compared yes. to some people who are really struggling. Yeah. No, it's uh, a great story and there's a lot more of it that you haven't told us and that isn't even in the documentary, but I do encourage people to watch the documentary. There's so much there and, uh, yes, you will need the tissues around the 15, 20-minute mark. (laughs) (laughs) Have them at the ready. Um, It is there at compassion.com.au. Peter and Robin Hopper, thank you so much for giving us a little snapshot of the adventures that you've had both raising your children and alongside one David in the Dominican Republic and then obviously getting to meet him. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You are very welcome. Thank you. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Peter and Robin Hopper about their experience visiting their sponsored child in the Dominican Republic. And as we heard, it was quite an adventure, touching many people's lives and making memories that will last a lifetime. If you'd like to watch the half-hour documentary that Shelley just mentioned, it's on the Compassion website. Just go to compassion.com.au and search for their surname, Hopper. The doco is called Faith, Hope and Gloves. Also, while a Compassion website, you might want to consider sponsoring a child yourself. Who knows? You might end up going on an adventure of a lifetime yourself, just like the Hoppers. Well, thanks for joining us for their inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. After our third child was born, the arthritis came back with a vengeance and it got really bad. And at one stage I was holding our five-month-old baby in the kitchen and just all strength was gone out of my arms and I dropped him on the floor and I ended up on the floor crying and basically saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. This family is better off without me. Rudy and Jeanette Rapp were born in Holland and immigrated to Australia in 1982. However, a miraculous healing in Jeanette's life has inspired them to travel to other parts of the world, sharing the good news of Jesus. We'll hear their story next time. The Story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.